Hey guys, it's Janet. While I wait for the girls to join me, I wanted to let you in on a giveaway that we are having. You have a chance to get your own Blu-ray copy of Love and Monsters. Dylan O'Brien stars in Love and Monsters out now on Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD. It's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. This fun-filled adventure delivers epic action and laughs as a young man makes a dangerous journey in a monster-infested world to be with the girl of his dreams. Own Love and Monsters now on Blu-ray, 4K, and digital. It's rated PG-13, and it's from Paramount Pictures. If you're interested in getting your copy from Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine podcast, make sure and drop us an email at twogirlsandabottleofwine at gmail.com, all spelled out, with the subject, Love and Monsters. This is a movie you are not going to want to miss. All right, open that wine. Let's join the girls. Hello, I'm Janet. And I'm Amber. And we are two girls and a bottle of wine. Because men like boobs. And girls like wine. We're back. We're back. Unfortunately, we're missing Ashley. We are. Baby time is approaching. Yes. She's got a stubborn little one in there. So the baby is turned the wrong way? Breach? Yes. So the baby, yes. The baby is currently breech. So she has gone through some procedures um, trying to get the baby to turn. Um, and it has not been Easy. all that su- successful. Yeah. So. And she told us what the procedure was. And I Googled and I was like... <gasps> Oh, yeah. It's pretty intense. Yeah, but thankfully they gave her an epidural. She's just dealing with the after the fact, the next day pain, which we've all had procedures, not that dramatic. But like when you have your teeth worked on, they they numb it and it's great. And then the numbing wears off. And like for two or three days, you're like, my jaw feels like I got punched. Yeah. That's the closest thing I can relate to. But Amber, you survived cancer. (laughs) And I'm an idiot. I just realized what I was talking about. You have... It's fine. <laughs> wow, Janet. How insensitive. I mean, a double mastectomy is totally like getting numbing off of your teeth. It feels exactly the same. Uh, I'm sorry, Amber. How are you doing? It's okay. <laughs> I'm good. So you posted that... See, with this new angle, I can't see what's happening. Hi, Nick! <laughs> I was trying podcasting. to get him to leave. <laughs> I was trying to shoo him, and instead he decided to wave at you. No, that's great. Tell no, him. Get the fuck out. Tell him I appreciate it. I mean, Janet appreciated it, but I did not. So go. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I saw him. It's been <sighs> I know. a couple months. Oh, yeah. For sure. It's insane. Yeah. So you recently had, I guess, an anniversary, right? Yes, it was my cancerversary. Cancerversary. Was that today or yesterday? It was today. Days run together. Oh my gosh. Well, um, I don't want to say happy cancerversary. <laughs> but okay. I do want to applaud you for the posts and the sentiments that you shared remembering this day. How many years ago? Uh, four. Four years ago is when you found out that you had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And it changed your world forever. It did, but it changed it in a good way and in a good light. So I like to try and reflect on it in a positive way. 
And um, I have found that I have been nervous about sharing my story recently, just because I feel like since it's four years out, like maybe people don't care. They don't want to know about it. But I recently decided that I don't care if they care. And that is the Amber we love. (laughs) I've decided I'm going to share it anyways, because I remember. Yes. I've lots of things, but I think that anybody could hear the story at any point in time. So just put yourself in someone's shoes. Say they recently found out that they had breast cancer and they see your post and you're four years out and you're thriving. That's motivating. So I say you share away, girl. Don't censor yourself. Don't. Nope. Don't care about what other people think. Mm -mm. No. Yeah. What (sighs) else is going on? It's a new year. Happy 2021, Amber. Right? It's a new year. Shocker. Uh, COVID did not go away January 1st at 12.01 a.m. See, they said it was going to go away after the election. Didn't. Yeah. They said (laughs) it was going to go away January. No, no. We're still in it. You got your vaccine? So I have not gotten the vaccine yet. I will be getting it this month. So I was on the list as one of the, like, 1A group. So, um... I am getting it through my hospital, um, but I decided to wait a little bit. I thought um, a lot of the nurses and everything like that, not that we don't have enough vaccines, but um, I just decided to wait. So I should be getting my vaccine in the next week or two. Nice. Um, Our daughter-in-law had it because she works in the medical field Hmm. and she didn't like mutate or turn into anything (laughs) other than what she was. Is. I think I'm going to wait to see if somebody's head, like, duplicates or falls off. <laughs> and then if that doesn't happen, I will gladly right? get the vaccine. So when so. someone asked me the the other day, like, are you going to get the vaccine? I was like, yeah, but I'm not in a position where I'm pushing for it anytime soon because there's so many other people with jobs and lives that they need it. When is do, When is the normal person going to be in line so i i have an email on the algorithm that they have but i think that it's around summer okay. like spring or summer um because and by spring i mean like end of may mm-hmm. um because they're doing healthcare workers and all of that first but then they're also skipping down to the 70 plus um and then they're gonna move through those that are younger and more and not as at risk. Yeah, so. I'm. I'm definitely not one that's like, "Hey, it's my turn. It's my turn." I when it's my turn, uh, tap me on the shoulder. Let me know. Yeah, right. Ain't no thing. Um, speaking of spring, um, brain. I yeah. Um, <laughs> our Christmas decorations are still up. I'm going to work to take them down this this weekend. Are your Christmas decorations still up? So we don't have full on Christmas decorations. We Holiday. have winter, winter decorations. Winter. Um, I was not allowed to put up Christmas decorations. Is Nick um, anti Christmas? He is anti Christmas decorations. So I told him that at our next house, though, because we plan our next house to be a little bit bigger than what we currently have. I was like, the next house, there is going to be Christmas decorations. We're doing this. Did you at least have a Christmas tree? Oh, no, that was uh, definitely out of the question. I There was no Christmas tree allowed in this house, was what I was told. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Is it a case where his family went crazy every year? And 
no, Nick's just weird. Okay. He's he's what we call special. No, and like I'm I'm a pretty <laughs> I'm not OCD, but I like things to be organized and in their place. And Christmas is kind of the time of year where I have to kind of let it go and enjoy the season and be thankful for the Christmas. But like if it were up to me, the Christmas decorations would have come down on December 31st. Um, But my husband is like, no, we need to keep it up. You know, the Denver tradition, we have the National Western Stock Show that typically starts the second week of January, maybe the first week. And goes to, like, the very last week of January. And the Denver tradition is to keep your Christmas decorations up until after stock show. And so he's like, no, we keep it up till after stock show. I'm like, stock show's canceled this year. Um, So, (laughs) and he's like, you know what I mean? And there was an article going around about people were, like, um, promoting keeping your lights up in support of people in the healthcare industry. And... I, I kind of went, eh, let's let's keep it up just for to be positive. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There's lots of people struggling and working hard on the front lines, whether it be school people or, you know, oh, yeah. gas station attendants. They have to be yeah. there for us to get gasoline. I understand they're not providing medical care, but I hope I'm not misstepping or misspeaking. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. I think that despite being a healthcare worker, I am also a version of a healthcare worker that does not get a lot of recognition. Right. And especially during this time, we should have. But at the same time, like you said, everybody's struggling, everybody's working. So instead of just trying to promote one person who is, or one brand or one type of person, we should just be leaving them out to keep the positivity from the season. Right. But I think I am going to take them down this next weekend just because I I need order back to my house. Yeah. Nick wanted to take our stuff down last weekend. Mm-hmm. And I said that I would go shopping for some like spring decorations. You said that on Marco Polo. And that's kind of where I tr- was transitioning to slowly. Yeah. Um, Amber, it's January. I know. Spring doesn't hit Colorado until June. Well, so that was my thing. As I was like, Nick, I feel like we probably shouldn't change into spring until like March, at least. Yeah. I mean, I could maybe do February, but it still is a little soon. Like, I feel like we should just keep up like our winter theme. Yeah. And then just winter. Keep it up. Yeah. So we'll see. But, and also, like, you go shopping and they had Easter. And St. Patrick's Day and Valentine's Day. It's not, it's too soon for spring. Yeah, it was also a lot to take in because there was also still Christmas. There's a lot of holidays to deal with in one location. <laughs> you could do Valentine's Day. Uh, we don't celebrate Valentine's Day and I don't really care to decorate with a lot of hearts, except for at work. We will be decorating our workspace, but I'm not decorating my home for Valentine's Day. Okay. <laughs> I don't either, but I know people have those um, trees that they decorate for all the holidays, and yeah. so that's that would be the next one. And then St. Patrick's Day and Easter. Yeah. And- well, and I was going to say, too, think about the time that we came to your house and we made cookies that looked like sweaters. Mm-hmm. And do you remember how Nick lost his damn mind because of how I decorated with the icing? Yes. Now imagine me decorating a Christmas tree. Oh, geez. Do you watch Friends? 
Yes. Monica's Christmas tree. That That is exactly what will happen. Oh, my goodness. The struggle. I think that's why he doesn't want the Christmas tree. Got it. Well, you could you could put him in charge of the tree like that. That's what I said. His like he will fluff it perfectly. You just have to be positive reinforcing like I know you'll fluff it perfectly. You'll decorate it perfectly and it'll look amazing. I'm so excited to see it. I mean, I don't actually want to decorate the tree. So he is more than welcome. (laughs) And the fluffing is the worst part. Right. (laughs) What are you drinking tonight? So I am drinking Rayburn Russian River Valley Rosé. It is a 2019 rosé that I got um, over Christmas. Um, it's actually not bad, but it's not a very, um, it's not on the sweeter side. It tends to be a little bit more floral. Um, and it has lush flavors of strawberry and guava. Ooh. Yeah. It's not bad. It's, um, it's very clean mm. is how I feel to describe it. Yummy. I'm skipping the alcohol. I'm not doing dry January, but I am avoiding alcohol during the week in January. So since this is a Wednesday, I am drinking a Waterloo grape-flavored sparkling water. Got it at the King Supers, and it's awesome. Do you like grape flavoring? Some people do not. Uh, It depends. Sometimes I I do like grape soda. See, okay, so this is like um, drinking a sugar-free grape soda. Oh, okay. I really like it. I can only find it at King Supers, but I, I think they have it at Whole Foods, oh. too. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen it there, too. Yeah. So, cheers. Yeah. Lovely. Um, We're into the new year. We have a new Bachelor season that started, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that in just a second. But there's a lot of other stuff going on. Pulling up the Google Doc oh. now. Yeah, me as well, which I just lost my photo of you. Yes, I was on pause. I know, that was weird. So you shared um, about the horoscope, what the start of the Aquarian decade means for the zodiac sign. Yes. Before we jump into this, zodiac signs shifted last year, right? I believe that is true. So I'm not normally one that follows the zodiac signs. Okay. But... Um, I did find a lot um, that was being discussed about this next year and what happened in 2020 mm-hmm. to be very intriguing. And I learned about it a lot from Nick's aunt. So I started looking at things and um, I don't remember the exact specifics of what happened for 2020, but I remember her telling me that basically like 2020 was the horoscopes and like the way that all of the signs and the moons and everything was mixing up um, that it had planned for basically chaos, a dumpster fire. Yeah. (laughs) Like it was chaos everywhere you went. Um, And so she was telling me that she was really excited about um, this next new year because it is the year of Aquarius. And apparently the year of Aquarius basically means that it is about rebirth and regrowth and renew and so um i found this little article um that talks about a little bit about the aquarian and the decade decade so it's not even just about the 2021 year it's about the next 10 years 10 years yeah so what's your birthday again uh july 20th so you're a cancer 
and I'm a Cancer. Yes. Now, I used to be a Leo. Did you used oh, to be yeah, a Leo? Right. No, yeah. I've always been a Cancer. So the new dates for Cancer are July 20th through August 10th. So you're like a cusp person. You're Cancer, yeah. but you could also probably be a Gemini. Yeah, but apparently Cancer really likes me, so I might as well just keep it. Dang it. <laughs> wow. I didn't even I didn't even think about that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so we're starting this new Aquarian decade. Aquarian decade. Um, what does it say about cancers? So the zodiac sign. Oh. <laughs> oh, thanks. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Hang on. I got us. Since I we're both scroll. in that sign now. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Okay. So overall theme for cancer is passion, intrigue, and sexy encounters. No, this transformational year won't be a light and fluffy one, but it will be. Br- it will bring the deep diving connections of a watery cancer craves. Yeah, I don't know. I said that wrong. Invest wisely from relationships that can go the distance to assets that grow in value over time. Think long term. So it goes into talking about love. And I don't know if you want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I love love. So (laughs) are you in or are you out with Jupiter and Saturn in their intense erotic eighth house? I don't even know what that means. I don't either. Um, You won't suffer fools. Not even the sexy ones this year. You need depth. Cancer, that mind-body-soul connection that transports you to another realm. If you're not feeling it with your partner, don't just bail. You may need to work through buried resentments while creating more private time, both for yourself, yes, me time, and for the two of you. Moving your body and changing your diet can also rev up your libido. Romantic Venus lingers in your commitment zone for four months starting November 5th. Bringing clarity with a retrograde cycle from December 19th, 2021 to January 29th, 2022, you could get nostalgic for an ex. Reunions could be rocky then, so proceed with caution. Avoid exes between those dates. Okay. Avoid exes always, really. Yes. That's my motto. I agree. (laughs) Oh, and we're two we're two very career-minded girls. Do you want to talk about the oh, career yes. part of cancer? Yeah, I'm excited about the career part. Um, so the power of two extend the power of two extends to your professional life this year. Bring on the dynamic duos, but don't try to split things 50-50. You could work with an agent or find an investor to fund your ideas. Money could flow in through pa- through passive streams like royalties, rental income, or affiliate sales. And possibly a large settlement or inheritance. If you're paying off debt, lucky Jupiter can help you negotiate it down and come with a feasible payment plan. No matter what field you're in, you may add a creative or spiritual dimension to your work. The eclipses on May 26th and December 4th could bring fast-moving developments that accelerate your career. But your daily routines may shift, which might include a move to a new office or an entirely different zip code, especially while Jupiter is in Pisces. From May 13th to July 28th. Don't leave. I'm not going anywhere. Me either. 
Me either. We'll we'll share a link in our show notes with so if you're not a, a cancer like us, you can check out yours. But this is really insightful. I'm not into the astrology. I had heard things change and I wasn't even quite sure what my sign was, but I had to Google so I could have this conversation with you. But I, I do I find it to be interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I've I've never really been into it either. Um, but I really enjoyed hearing Nick's aunt talk about it and how this is supposed to be a year of regrowth and rebirth and I kind of feel like that's what we did in 2020. It sucks, but, you know, we're rising out of the darkness and um, we're becoming better. Yes. Yes. We definitely were faced with a lot of challenges in 2020. Um, Yeah. But I think, you know, as a whole, we overcame them and, and we carried on. Yeah. All right, so Bachelor Nation news. There's a lot going on so much. in Bachelor Nation. <sighs> Tyler Cameron has a possible new girlfriend. Did you see that? No. Another model. Her name is Camila Kendra. Um, they stepped out for the first time together um, after spending some time oh, in yeah. Florida together. Yeah. I've never heard of that this Camila Kendra. I know. I have to really let go of the fact that him and H- uh, Hannah are going to end up together. Yeah, I think you do. I know. <laughs> I, I was really hopeful of, for it, too. But, yeah, I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's in the cards. I yeah, I don't think so, either. But from new okay. relationship. Um, oh, who got engaged? Ugh. The guy. Uh, uh, the guy. The guy. Who got engaged. He was engaged from Bachelor in Paradise. And she ended up kind of maybe being a flake and using him. You know who I'm Um, talking about. He got in a fight in Bachelor in Paradise most recently and got kicked off. Oh, Jordan. Jordan. Thank you. Yes. He got engaged to a girl that looks very similar to his ex-fiance. I agree. (laughs) But that's happy news. Yeah, good for them, because at least they didn't break up like everybody else this year. Right. Or in 2020. Ben Higgins and his fiance Jessica, they bought a house here in the Denver area. Yay, they're staying in Denver. Yeah. Even though they're not getting married until November 2021, um, COVID permitting. Um, yeah. So she's going to live in the house, and I, he has another house, So because they're abstaining yeah. from sex until marriage. But that's good news for them. What else? I know. Um, good news or just news. in general? <laughs> I'm trying to focus on the positive. Um, Caitlin Bristow um, had COVID, but she seems to be doing okay now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, did we talk about Ari and Lauren having twins? We yeah, didn't. we mentioned that. Did we? Didn't we? I don't know. <laughs> They're having twins. They are. Yeah. It was announced that they were having baby. And then shortly after that, oh, surprise, it's twins. Right. Which I'm very excited for them. Yes. Well, now we can talk about the not-so-great news, the breakups. There's just so much. It makes me so sad. It Um, is. Which breakup do you want to do first? Carly and Evan's fine. Did you watch any of their seasons? So, I did see each season that they were on. um, Because I think Carly was on um, Chris Soule's. And then Evan was on um, Caitlin Bristow's, I think. I think you're right. I watched Crystal's, but I don't remember Carly. 
Yeah, she's not, she wasn't all that memorable, but I remember her being a little quirky, which mm-hmm. is very similar to kind of how Evan was too. He was very quirky, very emotional gentleman. Um, but they were a really cute couple, I thought, for each other, and they really seemed to complement one another. Um, they've had two kids together. They've um, met on Bachelor in Paradise. Um, which I did watch that Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, see, I didn't watch that one. And I was um, like, I did watch, like, no, Carly, no, you could do so much better. I know. I was never a big Evan fan, but I felt like his quirkiness kind of matched hers. And that's kind of what helped mm-hmm. them work together. But yeah, after three years, they've decided to split. And um, they announced it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Or I think, yeah, I think it started getting out. And then they announced it on Instagram. And I found this little article where it kind of goes into Carly opening up and basically saying, here's my story and I'm no longer going to talk about it after this because I just want to move forward and it's hard. Um, But it turns out that Evan... Oh, go ahead. They separated the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it moved fast. It really did. It's just so sad. And, you know, there's the two kids, but they've been really... I mean, she's been really good on social media and, like, hasn't really been negative or anything like that. But she basically said that Evan was the one who decided that he wanted a divorce. And, um, but she, she always told him that, yep, if he wanted out, he would be the one to have to make the call because she would never make that call. Yep. And so, and they had been doing therapy for years, um, which, little plug, I do think that. Uh, marriage therapy or couple therapy, however you want to call it, I think that's healthy, whether you have problems or not. So um, I think it's healthy to just kind of have that avenue and a biased person to help you work through whatever it is that you may be wanting to work through. Um, And it sounds like they've been trying for a really long time. um, But I thought what was really impactful is something that I consistently hear is she said that they focused a lot more on the kids Then we focused on ourselves. And ultimately, I think that was probably our biggest downfall. The kids came at the top of the pyramid and we never put ourselves at the top. And I really... It's so common. Yeah. You hear that all the time. And I mean, even with Mama Kim and Dean, she told me that when her and Dean were getting ready to have kids and all of this, she told Dean, you know, they got into some argument or something. But she was like, you know what? At the end of this, when our kids grow up, it's just you and me. Like, we need to make sure that we are always putting ourselves first. Like, obviously, kids come first in a lot of areas, but we need to make sure that we are we have something in common, that we're keeping up with each other and dating each other. So, Because 18 years, even though it sounds like a long time, it flies by. Like, it's crazy yeah. to look at some of my older friends that are maybe even just 50 and they have like kids that are 25 and moving on with their own lives and I'm just like wow so yeah those 18 to however if you have them spaced out and have several kids it's gonna fly by and you do have to when everything's said and done be able to look at your partner and be like hey we're still a team right and you have to put in the work for that to happen Neither one of us have kids, so we are we're speaking, you know, in a way that we think. It, yes, I'm sure it's not easy at all. Oh God, no! I I look at my friends with kids, and I'm like, I don't understand how you do it. Like, there's days where I'm like, I am 
just maddening. Life is maddening. And I don't have little ones to watch. I know. I think through 2020, like I couldn't, I kept thinking about it on multiple occasions because I work with so many people that have kids and they've really been making it work. And, you know, they've been showing up for work. There's been a few where they're like, oh, I can't possibly do it. But there's so many people where there's strangers in in the night, like they're just passing each other right now because somebody has to be home with the kids. And so you kind of make those sacrifices in this time because you don't have a choice. And I I can't imagine being a parent because there have been days that I come home and it's like nine o'clock at night. I mean, I barely see Nick, let alone having to have kids and take care of them. And I don't know how they do it. Right. So if you're a parent and listening to this podcast, cheers to you. Yeah. Shout out to you because I don't Mm -hmm. know how you do it. And then there was another breakup. Uh, I don't think you and Ashley really cared about this one, but it really not at all. Like I I was like, (sighs) meh. And you in the text message chain, I could tell I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I loved Kelly, and although Peter was much of a shit show Pilot during his Pete. season, yes. what did I call him? You call him Peter. If people don't, like, we didn't oh, say. okay. Pilot Pete and Kelly Flanagan broke up. <laughs> well, when I said it, even I, I felt like I said it wrong, so I was like, oh, did I say it wrong? Yeah. Um, but yes, so Pilot Pete and Kelly Flanagan have broken up, and I love them. I loved Kelly. I loved that she was down to earth, and I loved that he thought she was too fun. Um, so it was really sad. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, there's people saying that it's all Peter's mom's fault, but whatever. His mom, I'm not a huge fan of his mom, but no. his mom loved Kelly. Mm-hmm. She was about Kelly from day one. Right. Um, but it yeah, uh, basically, Kelly said that they're just in two different stages of their lives and they saw their future pass differently. So, um, comments like that, and it's none of my business, but it always makes me wonder, like, what does that really mean? And so, anyway. And they announced um, their, or he announced the end of their relationship on New Year's Eve. I know. I guess that's, that's a way to be like, okay, this year's done, closing this chapter, next. I guess. Just like Phoebe said on that one episode with, what's his name, whose name I can't remember right now, but she said... Okay, well, you should end this new year with me because you shouldn't be here and do something that you're not going to finish. So don't start something that you can't finish with me. So he had to leave before midnight. Yep. There's so many good things in Friends. I know. I love it. Even Nick has started to reference Friends, and it's amazing. That's great. (laughs) Steve does, too. Pivot is his favorite thing. Yes, he's, I he's actually always, quoted that the other day. He's always finding ways. Pivot, pivot, pivot. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. But I am thankful that he puts up with it because <laughs> I definitely yeah. love Friends. I know. I watch it probably too much. Sorry, I just kicked the microphone. I'm sure that That's sounded okay. lovely. I didn't even hear it. Oh, good, good. Um, So big news. We have Bachelor started. Me too. I do feel like we didn't have enough of a break between Bachelorette and Bachelor. I agree. It seemed really quick. But I was very thankful that they only had like a, a one night premiere of Bachelor. It's that was not like very they, nice. they drug it out two nights. So it didn't make it, it too bad. And I, I was reading something today. Did you know that Matt James was referred to The Bachelor by Tyler Cameron's mom who passed away? 
I did not. Yeah, so I guess in an interview with Ryan Seacrest this week, Matt James shared that. He never pictured himself on The Bachelor, but Tyler Cameron's mom saw what a positive change it had made in Tyler. So she recommended Matt James for The Bachelor franchise. And that is how he was originally cast on Claire Crawley's season. Well, that didn't work out. And then, hey, he's The Bachelor. And he, he decided crazy. to do it to, to kind of play, pay homage to Tyler Cameron's mom. That's awesome. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I just read that today. So it must have been a recent interview. But must have been. Matt James' bachelor time has started. And yeah. I have notes. So, but, but quickly before, well, do you want to go into the I don't know if you wanted to talk about this article or not, but I found like the Bachelor premiere numbers, yeah, or statistics I, article. I thought after. it might be good after after we talk about All the right. premiere, we can go into the data. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved that article. I love statistics like that. Like I never yeah, took statistics cool. in college. Statistics because I can't say it. I didn't take it in college, but I feel like that would have been a class that I would have liked because yeah, I, I love hated data. statistics. I really like data and I love looking at data, but having to create the data sometimes, not so much. Plus, I suck at math. Nick's mm. learning that the hard way. <laughs> Shall I ask what that means? No, because I won't be able to give you an example. I just remember him asking me a few questions recently and I'm like, oh, 35? <laughs> There's a calculator like, on your phone or the Amazon devices. You just ask them. Oh. I know, but then I bring out my cell phone, and he's like, seriously, you need a calculator? Yes, I'm not a genius, okay? (laughs) Numbers are not my thing. No. So, um, The Bachelor season premiere, um, they filmed it in an amazing resort in Farmington, Pennsylvania. Yeah, can we just for a minute, I feel like Tasha and the men got robbed. Yeah, because they were all sweating bullets the entire time because they were in the desert and it was hot as heck. Well, and like their resort, I'm not saying any, the resort was very nice, but they pulled up to that place and I was like, damn. There was a Porsche and a G-Wagon and I was just like, what? And then the rooms. Right? And the place where Matt James was staying, I was like, oh, sure. Of course you get this. But the couch was too short for him. That it was. That it was. And the fall colors were popping. Oh, they were gorgeous. I've always wanted to go to the Northeast during fall just to check Mm -hmm. out. I agree. I want to, like, go do the cliche thing and stay in, like, Vermont at a bread and bed and breakfast. And eat all the maple candies like Ross. Friends Yes, exactly. So um, we we see the place, we see wh- where it's going to be, and then we get to know a little bit more about Matt through him sitting down with his mom and him sitting down with Chris Harrison. Did I miss something? Well, I just thought it was interesting that they. I actually had to rewind about three times because I thought I missed something. Because the first initial thing is this bitch getting out of the car and presenting him with a dildo. And I was like, whoa, whoa, did I miss something? Like, where is all? It took me a whole 10 minutes to figure out that it was just a little clip before I realized (laughs) I didn't miss anything. I can see where that could be confusing. (laughs) You're like, crap, I didn't mean to fast forward that far. Right? Oh, man. 
That's tough. Yeah. And even my dad, who doesn't watch The Bachelor, but the day of, we had our daily call, and he, I was like, what are you watching on TV tonight? He's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, The Bachelor's on. I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch that. He's like, oh, I guess she, she, one of the girls lets him pick her dress. And I was like, why are you telling me these things? The la- lingerie That's hilarious. And so yes. my dad doesn't watch, so he doesn't get it. Um, but... <laughs> That's what that's the preview he he got to see a, a girl in lingerie. I'm like, I bet that it makes him question my my taste when it comes to television shows. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so uh, Matt um, sits down with his mom and then sits down with Chris Harrison. Um, he indicates he wants a strong person and a strong partner. Yep. Um, I mean, I the opening wasn't really that exciting for me. No. Um, I mean, I thought they did a really great job of talking about who Matt James was or is. You know, he's 28 years old. He works with a lot of um, homeless kids and he does a lot for his community. Um, and they did touch on his family dynamics. They showed him using the Peloton. Um, but I don't he know. He was raised by a single mom, played football at Wake Forest, lives in New York. Yeah. Kind of got a foundation. Of boring. Well, you know, he isn't from another bachelor show right so you know maybe not everyone was doing the reading that you and i have done <laughs> because yeah we knew this but yeah we have, you know when you're presenting i've always been told to you know talk as though you're speaking to people that don't know what the heck you're talking about um right and so i that's kind of, i was like oh that's why they did that it was nice to see his mom. She seemed sweet. Yeah, she was cute. I liked her. Yeah. So then the, the yeah. 32 women start arriving. Yes. And so I, so because I got a new laptop, I took my notes on my laptop. Um, but I decided that what I was going to do is I was going to take like little notes. But I also decided that I was going to try and choose who might get the first rose and who might do all of that. Okay. So who did so, you have getting the first rose? So I actually, so I had two people. I thought that either um, Kyla, with the one with the pickup truck. I love her. Or I also thought that either, um, or I had Abigail. Mm-hmm. But it's just because I love Abigail. Like Everyone just from, does. She's so cute and she's so down to earth and she just seems like. And she's overcome so know. much and she's still so positive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I love Abigail. She is one of my tops for, yeah. for the, the final, final and I, three. I think that if, um, the first impression rose would have been based on looks alone, I think he would have given it to Mari because that girl yes. had an amazing dress. And but. he said, you ever meet someone and just know and yeah. just don't know what to say after she walked away. Yeah. Yeah. But so, what? I actually have no idea what I was going to say. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. You didn't cut me off or anything. I I don't actually know. It's, okay. Um, I but, love... So the first... Go oh, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say the first limo arrived, and um, six women got out of the first limo. And to be honest, I actually... I liked all the women that got out of the first limo. There were some that I didn't necessarily think might stick around. Um, 
But I thought all of their introductions were cute. Like, they weren't, like, over-the-top cheesy or anything like that. That first round did well. They were so happy about the additional rounds. Pretty, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I I only wrote down some of my favorites. I didn't go limo to limo. Sorry. Not as much detail. I'm used to you going limo to limo normally. I know, but I I was, like, trying to be... (laughs) All right. So what do you have after the first limo? So the second limo, which there was a couple different things, because I think this is also when like the lingerie girl showed up. So she walked up. So she didn't was actually in the limo. And then there was um, the pickup truck girl. So she wasn't in the limo. Kaylee, Kayla, Kayla. I I love her. I do, too. She's in my top three. Yes. And she can drive a stick. I can't. Right? Can you drive I a thought stick? it was so cute. I can. Oh. Yes. But I really liked her. And what I also did is I chose which ones I thought he was going to give a final rose to. I did not get them all correct, let me tell you. Um, but she was one of the ones that I was like, oh, she's going to be in this for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Chelsea Vaughn, her dress. Gorgeous. It was gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, it was very pretty. And, I mean, he even said that. He, she walks away and he was like, oh, she is wearing that dress. Mm-hmm. Um, so Maggie, stunning. She's stunning. She is gorgeous. I could have done without the vibrator. I could have absolutely done without the vibrator. Um, I mean, I find a lot of things funny. And I have a very crude sense of humor. But the dildo went too far for me. Especially as we go into the night. Yeah. And then Elena with the lady in the tramp kiss. Didn't like that. Yep. I wasn't down for that either. I want to give props to MJ. Oh, my God. I love MJ. She was doing the pizza delivery and all the car doors were locked. It was so funny. I know. That poor she girl. really, like, she's, she was solid. I, I She's 21, I think. She's the youngest. She's 23. Oh, okay. She's one of the so youngest. She's, she's just young. Kit. Yeah, Kit is the youngest, so Kit is 21. Got it. Um, But, yeah, I loved MJ. I love that she rolled up in an old-school pizza delivery car, like you said, and she handled it really well. But she also seemed very mature for her age. Um, And I I don't know if that could change. But I know. she. I loved everything about her. I was like, oh, yeah, you're going to stay. I like you. Mm -hmm. Um, Then there was the woman who threw the fish. Yeah, it didn't, didn't well. make any sense. Uh, can we talk about Elena or Eilina, the one with the balls and how do my balls taste? Again, <sighs> I, I have a crude sense of humor, but no. That didn't land? No. <laughs> I was, And it was huge. Like, it was this huge piece of meat. It was like this, four inches thick. Yeah. It, no, I'm out. I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> Of course, there was Victoria, Queen Victoria. I, said I didn't even write anything about her. Nope, nope. I promise next oh. week or next time I'm coming with my typical notes. I was like, I don't, I feel like I bore you guys and I talk through everything and it's not a discussion. No. And all I wrote for her was Victoria 27 and in all capital letters, drama. Mm-hmm. She is only there to be the villain. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what she's there for. Her mm-hmm. and 
you know, I think the dildo girl, Katie, I think is her name. I think she's also a little, she might become a little bit of a villain, but she's there for some drama herself too. So I, mm, yep. Like, um, well, we'll get to that. So we meet the women. They all come into the house and Matt starts the evening with a prayer, praying for all of them, not just himself. And I I thought that was very admirable. And I really, really liked seeing that. Yeah, it was really different, and I appreciated that. And it kind of set the tone, too, for what he's about, and I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Um, but the, the dildos on the table. Yeah. I, I feel it's like... It's just not okay. It should have been put away. Um, I know. And then, back to the dildo, Mari was speaking with Matt, uh, with Matt about oh, her God. family struggles in Puerto Rico, and up comes Katie in the vibrator, and she taps her on the shoulder with the vibrator. Nope. Looking back, like, you gotta feel like such an ass. Right? Well, there's just so many things. I mean, like they continue to talk about. I don't know that that's new. Yes, you told me that's new. But is it? Right. You've been quarantined, waiting for your four COVID tests. What have you been doing with the... No, don't touch me with that. Mm-mm. You would go off. Oh, I would lose my damn mind. Yeah. It's not okay. Uh, <sighs> Abigail had a really nice discussion with Matt. Yeah. And that's that's where I fell in love with her. Like, she wasn't really on my radar um, uh, until then. But, you know, they had a great discussion. And they kiss. And um, she just, you know, and her being partially deaf with the cochlear implant and still being so positive and radiant, she's just an early fave for sure. Yeah, I she is one of my favorites. And I really liked Sarah, who I don't know if that was originally the first person he spoke with, but um, it was somebody that um, they showed him speaking with first. And I really liked her kind of the same thing as Abigail. Like I liked that they seemed down to earth and I have a feeling that they might end up kind of um, blending into the background, maybe a little bit at first mm-hmm. um, and then maybe come forward. But maybe for I television. Really like those yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't think in Matt. In oh Matt yeah. Land. Just for television. <laughs> yeah. So Abigail does get the first impression rose. Yes. And then we head into the rose ceremony. Yeah. So I was listening to uh, Blake Horseman's podcast after the final rose, behind the final rose, behind the final rose. And he had Ben Higgins on. And did you know that that first rose ceremony typically takes at least three hours? Can you imagine standing there for three hours in heels waiting to maybe get a rose? Right? Because they keep taking you aside and they're like, what do you think now? You think you're going to get a rose? Right? Three hours. (sighs) Which, can I tell you, I actually hate that part when they give the recap of the girl being like, oh my God, if he doesn't say my name and da da da, and they keep going back to her, you know that he's going to say their name. Right. So just, I don't know, the majority of the time, I feel like they still say it. Mm hmm. It just keeps a suspense. Yeah. In suspense. So, yeah. several people didn't get roses. Kimberly, Sinead, Cassandra, Corinne, Amani, Alicia, who was the ballerina. I really kind of liked her. Amber. I know. Amber's out. And Carolyn. Yeah. And I didn't actually even see... I mean, I know that Amber, like, rode up, but after that, I didn't even see her. Probably why she didn't get a final rose. 
And, you know, some of the articles that we have read about The Bachelor um, or The Bachelorette, I liked most of his picks. I will say there were some where I was like, "Mm, no. Like, I would have traded Ileana for anybody, for Alicia. I could have done without uh, Katie and frickin' Victoria. Yeah. And so when we get down to that part, I honestly feel like Victoria was the producer's choice. Definitely. I don't think he wanted to keep her, but he had to. Mm -hmm. Because she's there to be the villain. Yeah. Mm. And I'm interested to see what happens with Anna. So Anna was the one who presented the um, uh, stress kit. Yeah. But she reminds me a little bit of the woman from um, Listen to Your Heart. Okay. So I can't remember her name, but she definitely reminds me a little bit of her and a little bit of Crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to see how she is over the coming weeks. Yes. So, and as we also saw in some of the previews, there are more women. Coming. Yeah. yeah. Heather the, had never been kissed before Colton. Oh, yeah. That looks like it's some serious drama. Yeah. And she's going to, oh, it's going to be rough, I think. And there's lots of crying. Matt cries. The girls cry. Um, talk of crying. a girl being an escort. Yep. Yeah. And Heather returns. So we're in for a wild ride. And you you sent us this bachelor bracket and I didn't understand. Yeah, I don't actually understand it either when I'm looking at it. I'm like, I feel like you're supposed to guess which girls are going to get roses that week. Right. And you get a score. So I didn't pay attention. And I was like, okay, I'll put all the girls' name there. And then week two, I'll put all the girls. And then I'm like, I don't have enough spaces. (laughs) I'm an idiot. Well, so the thing that... (laughs) confuse me is one i was trying to find one of the things that we normally see where it's like the roster or the cheat sheet and this was the closest thing i could find but i was like a bracket might be fun yeah i mean even if we don't do anything with it like it might be cool to see like who we pick all the way to the end because we do that anyway but the first set it only gives you 21 spaces and i'm pretty sure we have more girls than 21 Yes, definitely. Um, So I was like, this makes no sense. When it comes to the roster, the past several seasons, I've had to manually create that. Like screen grab, picture name, age, screen. And I just, when you sent this, I was like, sweet. But I think next week I am going to try and fill out the bracket. It has 18 spots and see how how good I did. Well, Well, then what happens when these new women come? Right? Well, then... We have to draw little stick figures on our bracket and put their name. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> that worked. So thank you for sharing that. So who are who's your guess for the final three? Ooh, so I have a feeling I'm going to be wrong. But I think Abigail and um, sorry, I'm looking at my little cheat sheet here. Uh, Congrats on the new computer, by the way. Oh, thank you. I'm very excited about it. Um, did you say Kayla? Do you think that's her name is Kayla? Because mm-hmm. I think I called her Kyla and I didn't mean to. I may be um, wrong. No, I think you're right. So, And then for the third person, I'm having a hard time because I want to say Sarah, but I honestly think that Sarah might be more towards the end and ends up getting like bachelorette material. Um, 
So I am going to go with MJ. So two of our, our top three are the same. I have Abigail and Kayla, and then Maggie is my third. Which, where's Maggie? Oh, yeah. Ethiopia. Drop dead yeah. gorgeous. She is gorgeous. Yes. Whoever yeah. lands her is a very lucky man. Right. I also liked Brie. I thought Brie was really cute, but I don't know if she'll make it that far. We shall see. We've been introduced, yeah. and it's, it's excited to see where the journey takes us from here. I agree. Now let's get to the data. Yeah, I'm excited. So from so, Vulture, Vulture.com. And what I was originally trying to do is I felt like because of this roster thing that I was looking at or the bracket, mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't get all of the right names. So I was actually trying to find a list of the women who had been eliminated. And then I came across this, which oh. is the Bachelor Premier number statistics. And I was like, ooh, this looks like fun. Um, so it kind of goes into some of the things um, that you see are kind of the biggest trends um, and critical statistics and Bachelor history from season 13 and on. So do you want to read the first one or do you want me to? I got it. A total of okay. 330 five contestants have entered the bachelor mansion and 29 percent of them were sent home the first night that seems large but i guess it makes sense of the 98 um women eliminated during premieres only one kimberly from season 19 ever challenged the bachelor's decision and successfully secured herself a place back in the competition which i don't even remember her i vaguely can picture it happening yeah that's about it uh, Chris Harrison has said the word bachelor 171 times during premieres alone. In both the season 19 and season 23 premieres, he said it a whopping 43 times, which averages out to once every three minutes. Crazy. And this is just from season 13 on. Right. And it's also just the premiere. It's not even thinking about like all the episodes. Right. And the average age for a Bachelor contestant is 26, with the youngest ever um, competing being 21. It was uh, Mackenzie from season 19, and the oldest being Renee, who was 36 from season 13. Oh, yeah. Comparatively, the average age for a Bachelor is 31. Ben Higgins and Colton Underwood are tied as the youngest Bachelors at the age of 26. And while Brad Womack earned the title of oldest bachelor when he returned for season 15 at age 38. And the men selected to be the bachelor include four sports veterans, um, two pilots, two winemakers, and one farmer. The most popular industries for bachelor contestants to work in are sales, nursing, teaching, marketing, beauty, and real estate. Real estate that's very interesting. Some of the least common jobs for Bachelor contestants include the chicken enthusiast, mm-hmm. enthusiast from season 20, Tiara Slime. The never been kissed, who we are about to see in the next week's episode from season 23, Heather Martin. A sloth from season 23, Alex Dillon. An aspiring dolphin trainer from season 21, which was Alexis Waters. And Cinderella, season 23's Aaron Landry. Unsurprisingly, these job titles have only have each only appeared 
once on the series. I feel like that could have been not a item. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, 20% of all Bachelor contestants are from California, with 68 women hailing from the Golden State. The other most common places that contestants are from are Texas, um, with 31 Florida, 28, Illinois, 21, and New York, 20. I feel like there have been a lot of people from Colorado, or maybe I just gravitate towards them because I'm like, ooh, that's where I'm at. I know. The one from Colorado this season got let go first night. Mm -hmm. So this next one is kind of my favorite because we always talk about it. Um, 15 Laurens have competed. 15 Laurens have competed on The Bachelor, with four of them competing against each other alone on e- or each other on season 22. And side note, Chris Harrison's girlfriend is also named Lauren, as he is also a white male from Texas who lives in California. Chris Harrison truly appears to be the ultimate Bachelor stereotype, for better or worse. Right. And the other most common names for Bachelor contestants, including popular variations and nicknames, are Ashley... There have been 11. Brittany or Britt, there have been eight. Christine or Christy, there have been eight. Nicole or Nikki, there have been seven. And Alex or Lexi, there have been seven. Interesting. And our favorite phrase, here for the right reasons, has been uttered 11 times during season premieres. 12 times, if you count Eunice Cho's pilot pun about being here for the flight reasons on Peter's season. Yay. Mm. And then, when meeting The Bachelor for the first time, 62 women have brought at least one prop to help them make a memorable first impression. This has often led to a unique bonding activity. Um, Yeah. Like, (laughs) Josephine... (laughs) Tutman making Nick Vial do the Lady in the Tramp kissy thing with a raw hot dog. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> and 11 women have skipped the limo in favor of arriving through more memorable means, such as riding a camel, which was Lacey Mark, who still no one has ever heard from again. Season 21. Oh, wait, no. Wrong Lacey. Sorry. Uh, gliding on a hoverboard. Season 20's Rachel... Chen or popping out of a suitcase which was also very interesting on season 24 with Kiara Norman. And 17 women have showed up at the mansion wearing a costume including contestants sporting everything from a wedding dress from season 17's Lindsay Yenter to a fake pregnancy belly Claire Crawley season 18 to even dressing up as a windmill to remind Peter Weber, uh, Weber of his explicit activities with Hannah Brown, season 24, Deandra Canoe. Zero contestants have arrived at the Bachelor Mansion dressed as a dolphin because season 21's um, Alexis Waters um, did dress as a shark. That she did. But she and kept saying she was a dolphin. Yeah, that was not okay. Yeah, I liked how they, they made that funny. Right? If a contestant really wants to stand out from the first night crowd, all she has to do is wear orange. And only one contestant from season 13, Nicole Ma, has ever worn orange. How far did she get in the process? I don't know. I don't know that name. I don't either. Meanwhile, over half of all Bachelor contestants have entered the mansion wearing either black, 
22%, red, 20%, or blue, 16%. Of the 66 women who showed up in red, 20% of them were from season 21, and two of them were even wearing the same dress. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was a big thing. And uh, just real quick, Nicole Ma was eliminated in the first week, so maybe we don't so wear orange. So orange is not the color to wear. Thank you. No. Thank yeah. you. <sighs> Women who have the first one-on-one chat with The Bachelor statistically have very lit- little to worry about going into the first rose ceremony. 33% of them receive first impression roses. 42% are among the first three names called out in the rose ceremony. And zero have ever been sent home on the first night. So we know we think Sarah was the first one to talk to Matt. Um, where was she in the rose handing out? I actually think she might have been called. Oh, wait. I actually have this because I did them all I love at it. the same time. So when Sarah was called, she was number five. Oh, I'm sorry. She was number four. Okay, so very, very close to the top. Yeah. 19 contestants have kissed The Bachelor in a season premiere, with Peter Weber, of course, holding the record for kissing the most women, seven, followed by Colton Underwood, three. Of the kisses, 26% occurred during the limo introductions when the pair had just met. Would yeah, you kiss? No, on, you. Would you kiss right out of the limo? If it was Tyler Cameron, absolutely. Yeah. I would have just walked up and kissed him and then went inside. I wouldn't even said anything. I've been like, I'm here for this. I'll be inside. Right. <laughs> um, four women have declared that other girls were either jealous or intimidated by them. But shockingly, only one woman actually uttered the reality show catchphrase. I'm not here to make friends, which is season 15's Michelle Money. Everyone knows that name. Um, the Bachelor has been stolen for chats 50 times during premieres, with season 23's Catherine Argo holding the record for most steals in one night, orchestrating four one-on-one chats with Colton Underwood. I remember oh. being annoyed by that. Yeah, it was annoying. I hated it. Uh, contestants have cried 47 times during Bachelor premieres, which seems a little astronomical. Uh, The most common reasons contestants cry are being upset about their elimination, which is 51%, being nervous about not getting enough one-on-one time with The Bachelor, which is 18%, or while sharing a painful story about their past during the intro package, which is 17%. And unsurprisingly, Peter Weber's season debut featured the most tears, with women crying on 11 11 separate occasions, including former Bachelor at Hannah Brown's emotional breakdown during a group date. Oh, yeah, that was tough because I still loved Hannah. That I mean, I still love Hannah, but mm-hmm. it was tough to watch. Uh, 100% of the first women out of the limos, a position which, if we believe the wisdom of Unreal, demarks them as wifey material, received a rose on the first night. Interesting. That, yeah. Who was our first woman? Uh, the first wim- woman, I was going to say women, I can also tell you that. Uh, that was Brie, the 24-year-old in the green dress. I loved the green dress. Yeah, she was cute. Of the 60 women who were one of the first five introduced to The Bachelor, which is approximately the number of women in the first limo, 
Only three have been eliminated on the first night, while five would go on to be chosen by The Bachelor in the series finale. Even if one of these decisions, Jason Mesnick choosing Melissa Rycroft, was later reversed. Which, again, I would like to point out that Ari was not the first one to reverse his decision, despite the fact that Bachelor made it seem like it never happened prior. Right. Um, 23 first impression roses have been given out on the first night, including 12 by Sean Lowe, who even gave a contestant a rose during her limo introduction and a bachelor, which was a bachelor first and a move that hasn't been repeated since. That is pretty ballsy. I know. Of the 23 contestants who received a first impression rose, 47% have lasted until at least week seven of the competition. 22% have made it to the finale and two recipients, season 17's Catherine, uh, how do you pronounce her last name? The one that Sean picked, who's now Catherine Lowe, (laughs) and season 24's Hannah Ann Sleuth, Slush, 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 um, ended the season engaged. Swear I'm not drinking, just forgetting how to talk. (laughs) 31 gifts have been given to bachelors during the premieres. These presents have ranged from the bold, a save the date for their future wedding, to the heartfelt, a bracelet for the bachelor's daughter, to the bizarre, a handful of dirt. And two contestants even give bachelor live, bachelors live animals. So Jenna Serrano gave Peter Weber an emotional support cow and named it, uh, named Ashley P. And Catherine Agro gave Colton Underwood her actual dog. Don't worry. The adorable Pomeranian was returned to Catherine after she was sent home in week three. Ridiculous. Um, Other than Chris Harrison, Sean Lowe has appeared on more Bachelor premieres than anyone else. Six of them. Outside of his own turn as The Bachelor in season 17, he also popped up to give advice to Juan Pablo, Ben Higgins, Nick Vial, and Ari, as well as appearing on season 19's disastrous, disastrous live carpet event. Oh, I didn't like that. The live carpet yeah. event. I do. I did really like when they would bring in former bachelors or bachelorettes to give advice. Like, well, and I think that they still do it. We just don't see it because mm-hmm. I feel like there's been a lot of um, those in Bachelor Nation that talk about how they were there, but it wasn't shown. Mm-hmm. So, and our final, uh, which is four women have become drunk or have become drunk enough in premieres to be called out by other contestants. Three have tripped and two have shown up barefoot. But only one has ever mistakenly thought the bachelor called their name during the rose ceremony and stepped forward when it wasn't their turn, which was season 18's Kylie Lewis. She did not receive a rose and was sent home shortly after. Yeah, huge red flag. Huge red flag. Yeah, which technically Anna almost did that this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he called Elena or Alana or something like that. and But three hours. Home. Yeah. I'd be tired and not listening either. Mm. True story. Well, I'm very excited for this this season of The Bachelor. I think it's going to be fantastic. It's already off to a wonderful start. I'm very interested to see how it works out. I'm curious to see if Matt James really is ready for marriage and love. Um, but I really am just ready to fast forward to week six. Because I feel like that's when we get rid of uh. some of the psychos. 
You don't like the psycho time. I hate the psychos. <laughs> I hate, like, I fast forward through most of the drama. I mean, the little clips, I mean, I know they give us the most dramatic clips of the season every time. But, like, some woman, po- like, knocks somebody else out. I mean, there's a lot of confrontation that takes place. And I just, I don't know. I got it. I got it. Well, before we go, what are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? So, um, I have actually been listening, not completely, but I've been pulling in a few episodes of Unqualified um, with, uh, oh, oh my gosh, Anna Ferris. Um, so, I listened to, like, the uh, Kelly Cuoco one, and I'm currently listening to Beth Bars, or Beth Bears. Um, but I am also currently reading um, A Steep Price. By Tracy Crosswhite, um, which it's very it's interesting for me because one of the characters in there is going through his wife finding out she has breast cancer. Um, so it's a very interesting dynamic. Um, but I feel like there was new music that recently came out that I downloaded, like maybe Taylor Swift or she did have a new album. Yeah, so I think I've been listening to that as well, and kind of just I did do my top 20 or my replay 2020 um, for Apple music. And so that was kind of interesting. I had a lot of brown and gray on there because I love them. Mm-hmm. So what about you? Um, As far as reading, I am reading uh, Michael J. Fox's um, biography, Ooh. No Time Like the Future, and um, haven't really picked up any new music. Um, but as far as podcasts, I did download and these aren't old it's it's even the rich from wondery and i have the paris hilton um i I guess it's a season but it's really not episodes episode downloaded and the britney spears episodes downloaded oh yeah very nice yes um watching wise bridgerton 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 it's on about watching Yes, it's on Netflix. We binged it between Christmas and New Year's, and I love it. If you <laughs> so love I, Gossip Girl, I think you'll love this. So I personally have never watched Gossip Girl. <gasps> um, I'm dead. I also, <laughs> I also tend not to. I, I just never seem to go right to Netflix. For some reason, I always try to find something else on TV. But um, because I'm a Big Bang Theory um, favorite, uh, I have been watching I Am Cat. I think with Maya, Maya, I never know how to I say her last name. I saw the trailer. Is it good? I actually thought it was hilarious. I thought it was really good. It's got a cute little spin where, like, she talks to the camera. Um, so I kind of liked it. And it has the, the little old guy in it. Who I think is hilarious. Who was like Karen Walker's little like oh enemy. yes, and he did all the um, quarantine oh videos on yes. social media. Yes, yeah, he was hilarious. Which when you bring that up, I think on New Year's Eve night we had watched Nick and I had watched the like making it through 2020 or escaping 2020, mm-hmm. and they talked about him and how like he probably has no idea how much he meant to other people and like helped them get through because he just kept. You know, the positivity and the hilariousness, and I love it. So I have started watching that. I forgot about that. When you were talking about Big Bang Theory, I thought you were going to talk about Kylie Kuoko's Kuoko's new show about her being a flight attendant. 
So I haven't seen, um, I saw I the first episode mm-hmm. because the first episode they showed as like a preview after something um, one night on like TBS or something. Um, and it was really, really good. And um, it's a completely different side of Kaylee Cuoco. So it's really good to, it's really interesting to watch. And there's so many dynamics of her character, but the fact that she also helped produce it, I loved it. It's definitely worth watching. And I do at some point plan on watching the remainder. It's on Netflix, right? I don't know. Oh, I thought it was. But maybe not. There's so many streaming services. There's too many streaming services now. Agreed. I can't. I can't handle it. Like I want to um, watch Saved by the Bell's reboot, but it's on Peacock, and I don't have Peacock. I know, and I've actually heard some interesting. Like a lot of people really like it, and I've heard it is not family friendly. But then there's been some other people that I think were going in expecting that um, they were going to get to see like the old school Saved by the Bell, and I think it's a little bit different. Um, so I think it just depends on what you go into, um, expecting. And even like CBS, you know, they have their app where you can watch the live big brother and stuff when it's on, they have shows that they're only showing on the CBS all access that aren't going to show up on CBS. I'm like, that's messed up. (laughs) Oh, and, uh, the flight attendant with Kaylee Cuoco is an HBO max series. And I don't have that. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm not yeah. going to get it. I'm just not. I just hope it comes to Netflix. Yeah. Well, do you have a positive poly? I do. Um, this is by, is from, I guess, Robert Green, which I don't know who that is. But it says, accept the fact that all events occur for a reason and that it is within your capacity to see this reason as positive. Yes. Very nice. And from our wine book, number five, make sure all wine glasses are completely clean. The precaution is not just to help you appreciate taste and color at their best. Residues of washing up liquid as well as fats, acids, and even lipstick can cause a sparkling wine to go flat very swiftly. Good to know. Yeah. I love my sparkles in my wine. Mm, Yeah. Well, Amber, this has been fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, We'll be back in two weeks with more Bachelor and hopefully no more Bachelor Nation breakups. Oh, God, I know. All the things. Ah, Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back. And maybe when we come back, we'll have news about Ashley's new baby. Oh, baby. All right. Bye.